he says you can't do a podcast by yourself. Um, he, he they call him the javelin when he was when he was racing, and that guy, and and not just Randy, but all those guys from back east. When those trees get tight and narrow, like it is ridiculous how they can slither is what I would like to call it through the through the trees. And if, there's no need to look down on my bike. Bikes need naps too, and look how soft that fluffy dirt is. Says I'm taking my bike to Baja for the first time. Well, you, hey John, I, before I get any farther into this, you know it's going to get the runs right. The first time in Mexico, always a little bit, yeah, little. Okay, your spoiled little brat kid needs to write his own rooster endo description of his own super awesome bike because that's how you get super awesome bikes is you write about them. Or at least that worked for me. Okay, maybe we started, maybe we didn't. <laughs> we'll see. Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, episode number 121. My name is Jimmy Lewis. I'm the uh, host of this show where we talk about motorcycle and motorcycle related products and myself. We talk about myself because if I didn't do it, nobody else would. <laughs> so there we go. Um, hopefully the sound is working and coming through. Hopefully our uh, cameras are working because I pushed some buttons and some other things didn't seem like they were working on this side either, but We'll check uh, the chat to give me an update on that. Sounds like we're from Trump. yeah we want to help you out and interestingly enough i answered a gearing question for a guy i copied nate on the uh on the email and he totally stoked that guy out so um that was really good every once in a while we can help you out with some of our sponsors our uh, partners in this uh episode of course we have trail tech fast company bulletproof designs double take mirrors you can also support us if wherever you're watching this stuff, you can kind of find some uh, links in the descriptions where you can click through and we might get a little chunk of that. And we have more dates and news for our schools. So www.jimmylewisoffroad.com. If you don't know, I teach uh, off-road motorcycle riding. I can make you a better rider. Um, pretty much guaranteed because you have no idea what... Um, you're doing wrong, and I know exactly what you're doing wrong, even without talking to you or doing anything, because everybody does. Everybody has the same problems, and it's just how much do you want to uh, a accept your problems and b work on your riding problems. So that's it. That's all I have to promote. Um, Fast Company sent me some new uh, handlebars. I'm trying to. So I have a couple three hundreds out here. We are trying to, uh, we've ridden them a bunch. We know exactly how they work stock, and now we're trying to address some of the issues. So on the beta, one of our issues is kind of a stiff-feeling front part of the frame, uh, 
because the forks aren't actually stiff and they've broken and become really nice. Uh, too soft for some people, but they're just fine for me. And so we got some Fast Company Flex handlebars. And then to address the vibration, we actually have the Fast Company Impact foot pegs, which have a little dampening in there to take some of the vibes out. So uh, when I get around to getting that stuff put onto that bike, I will tell you how it works. I'd like to say hi to everybody in the chat. We've got a few people out there. A lot of people, actually. Wow. Uh, Jimmy Campbell, hi. David Bailey. It's funny. Today, I, uh, I heard from a guy named, his, his name was Bob Laughlin, but it, it came up as Robert Laughlin, and that reminded me of a guy that I grew up, and he was just a little bit older than me, and he was one of those guys. He had, like, Ron Lachine-like talent on a motorcycle, crazy. Never really had really great equipment, but he'd go out to Indian Dunes or even around our practice tracks, and he'd smoke like the factory riders that would come out and practice in these areas this is the days of you know johnny o'mara and donnie hansen and stuff like that so yeah, david bailey's in our chat yeah uh george we don't know who george is uh but he's here uh tony bill good to see everybody and of course gronk is in there gronk representing the entire country of canada and i'll try to not say bad things about you guys that much um so on this show, we uh, we have you ask questions and we provide answers. And when I say we, that means me tonight because I do not have a co-host running this thing, thing solo at the moment. We take the questions if you comment on one of our YouTube videos or you know, send us uh, emails, uh, however you decide to communicate with us. We collect those, put them in, and I answer them now so I don't have to do it every single day Um all day long and especially like the youtube con comments they just kind of go over so we kind of fish through the the appropriate ones and get there so if you do are you in the chat and you have something here's an offer you know that pesky friend that always has all those motorcycle questions george knows this because he sends them to me like he gives them my number that's how that's how good george is with this why don't you share this link however you're watching this share it with your friend that has that question and I will answer it and I will, I will put you at ease because they're going to get a pretty decent answer. Uh, one that, uh, they can trust. I'm not trying to sell anything here except for my sponsor's products, by the way. Um, I will always tell you no matter what, that one of my sponsor's product is absolutely the best because there's really nothing else. Like see this double take mirror, for instance, this is a double take mirror. Uh, they're one of our longtime uh, supporters and sponsors. It's awesome because they bolt onto ram balls. They're super adjustable. So if you're looking for a mirror for your dual sport or adventure bike, they actually have a nice shaped one for the adventure bike. Uh, this is the best thing for you. And I use it to uh, when I do a little shaving, you know, and, you know, tune up. I use it for that, too. But so there we go. <clears throat> see? See how we do that? If you want to sponsor this show, let me know. <laughs> I am going to, um, we're going to actually uh, tell you, get a little news while we get the questions. Those bad things are all true, says Gronk. What, me shaving with a dirt bike mirror? <laughs> so what we are going to do uh, tonight's show is we'll take care of a little business, but send out that link to your, your ding-dong friends. Come on. You know you hate uh, answering their questions. i got to straighten out this bulletproof shirt here, by the way. Bulletproof Design is another one of our sponsors. They make T-shirts as well. If you order enough stuff, they will throw one in the box. Did you know that? Um, so 
I'm probably going to take a break from doing Tech Talk Taco Tuesday for a little while because this show is operating like a super clapped out air-cooled two-stroke. I mean, you can hear the rings. You hear the piston slapping in the barrel. You can hear the rings hooking on the ports. The cylinder fins are vibrating. It's a little rough around here, uh, mostly just largely on my part because there's a lot of maintenance that needs to be done. And so, and I have a, I took on another new uh, job. So I'm busy with um, making the Nora Mexican 1000 the most awesome motorcycle race slash ride that it could ever be. And uh, I'm going to do a really good job at that. And this show will suffer because of it. So you go where the money is. <laughs> so, Anyways, uh, call one five 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 Bug Jimmy. Well, no, don't call that. Did you, you knowing Georgie probably already forwarded that to my uh, to my phone, and I'm going to start getting those messages. But on tonight's show, we also have Scott Hoffman coming on. He rode the new Yamaha uh, YZ four fifty FX. I think he was a big pussy and didn't ride the YZ one twenty five X. That's what I would have been riding if I were there, even at my uh, enormously large weight and scale. Uh, I would be sending that thing. Uh, and I think I don't know if Takamoto is still hiring. I still have that on my notes from last week. But uh, Takamoto was hiring last week. If you missed out and you wanted a job in the motorcycle industry and you're in Las Vegas, that may have been a good thing. Actually, he. Probably has some setup where you could probably work remote. Who knows? Uh, Takamoto is hiring. So that's the uh, that's the stuff. I've got a few rooster endos. So if you are familiar with rooster endo, that is the segment of the show where you send us a picture of your bike. You tell us the year, make, and model. It's best to email it to me. That way I can not lose it like I do on all the stuff in social media because I really hate reaching into the toilet and pulling stuff back out. And if you put it in the toilet, meaning your rooster endo, and I have to go reach in there and get it, yeah, I'm not motivated. But if you send it to me an email, and if you can't figure out my email address, then you're not qualified to win rooster endo. Uh, there it is. I'll, even in the pause on the show, I will store the ones that I get. So if you're listening to this in the future, then you can still send us a rooster endo. And we fired it back up because one of the things we are planning is the mega rooster endo show Brought to you by Taco Moto. That's tacomoto.co. They have all the stuff you need for your bike. We're going to do it at Taco Moto. We're going to do a, a live one. And all the shows are actually live. They're recorded live. We'll do a live show there. And we will have some people bring Rooster Endos. And we will have all the ones that you send in. And we'll have a mega Rooster Endo. Because I actually stored up some Rooster Endo bucks. So there's going to be a pretty good prize for the winner of that particular evening, I'm sure. So... That's what we got going on. It sounds like an old 82YZ465, says Dave Donnelly. Um, that, this show, 82YZ465. I would actually like to bring it up to 490. I would like to maybe go to like 85YZ490 that just detonates really good too, as, as well as being clapped out. And then if you know anything about those bikes, actually, maybe even WR500, and we're talking Yamaha WR500 here, maybe even one of those because they were sort of notorious for the gas tanks even cracking and aging and leaking. So 
maybe that's how bad this show really is. It does need a tune-up. So thanks, everybody, for joining in. I really appreciate it. Uh, I am going to go straight. Your, your buddy should be tuning in. And just tell them to throw the question up in the chat. That's the way to do this. Throw the question up in the chat, and I will get to it. I'll interrupt myself and get that up there. So I'm currently, right now, I'm going to the YouTube questions. And so these are the questions when you comment on our videos. These are the ones that uh, we popped up. A couple of them, are, we're going to have Scott Hoffman come on here in a few minutes. And he will answer them because... There is uh, WR and FX questions, but I can answer the WR questions, at least the old WR. Uh, and then he can answer the FX since he wrote it and I didn't. So we will go from there. Uh, the first, well, the first question is for Scott. So the second question is for Scott. It's about a flame out installing on the bike. Uh, the other one, the guy wanted to know where the headlight and the taillight were. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, one, one, six, Tim says, is the Transalp seat going to be high enough for someone who is 187 centimeters tall? Okay, he just uh, went beyond my math skills at 187. So if somebody wants to pull out their Google calculator, see, I usually have a co-host and I usually drink a lot. And so if I was drinking or I had to do the calculations, my co-host would either do the calculations or... I would do the calculations and figure out what 187 centimeters tall is because I think I was somewhere around 90 centimeters if I recall correctly. But anyhow, he's tall. I'm planning to do some road touring, possibly with a pillion passenger. It's like my buddy Marco who suggested that he should ride behind his wife and that way the buffeting wouldn't bother him. But the, the Transalp 750 has really good wind protection. Anyways, I haven't tried the bike and was considering both the Transalp and the Tenere. Well, that's... You're calling a show that is sponsored by Yamaha, and you just threw Tenere out there, which is by far and away the best middleweight adventure bike known to man. Uh, anyways, however, the seat height seems to be more comfortable on the Transalp, and I don't plan to do much off-road. Well, 116, Tem, you are contacting the wrong media outlet to answer your question, because as you well know, we are Dirt Bike Test, and we test things with a very off-road bias so you need to go to streetrider.com or something like that and ask them this question i feel unqualified and uh yeah six two the canadians come through with the centimeters and uh, so really uh in all honesty uh if you are more street focused i think that the honda may actually be a better bike but the seat height on the honda is actually for me problematic because it is so low and and i'm not five two i'm five nine and maybe three quarters i don't know you've heard me talk about that um the and and i find the seat height be just it's just a little bit too low because it folds my legs up a little bit too much and i even have the the off-road their accessory off-road foot pegs on it which are a little bit lower than the rubber coated stock ones so when i sit down for a long time on a street bike when my legs are kind of that folded up it's not that comfortable i actually run a taller seat on almost all of my bikes including the tenere including my ktm adventure bikes even my ktm 950 the old one th these are tall bikes for a guy that's 510 
and I run tall seats because I want to be comfortable when I'm riding them, especially when you're on the street because that's when you're really sitting down. Most of the other time, and the reason why the Honda doesn't bother me that much is we ride it off-road a lot, and I'm standing up, and so I don't know where the seat height is. doesn't matter at that point. So it is comfortable, um, but yeah, uh, check the road, the, road, the road pubs for that information. Mitch, check your text for me. Um, I don't know that I got a text from you. <laughs> so, uh, is it a question, Mitch? Is it super top secret? I didn't get a text from you. So that's, I just checked trying to do a lot of things here. And, uh, Travis Mahoney off topic. There's nothing off topic on this show, Travis, you should know this. Or maybe you don't listen enough to know this, but the, the, this is a this is a revolving door podcast. I keep moving. I think somehow my I don't know what's going on here. I'll try to get back in the frame. Actually, screw that camera. I need a technician. Uh, off topic. Best training spot in Pahrump. I like sand camp recently. Not long distance. Just putting laps in. Uh, I never talk about where I ride, Travis. This is something that you will learn. Uh, and part of the adventure of riding is finding cool spots for yourself. And so a long time for a long time, I've never really sort of, we'll call it revealed locations because just what I said. And if, if I told you the best spot in Pahrump, then everybody would go to the best spot in Pahrump and then it wouldn't be the best spot any longer. Now, if you went out and searched for the best spot in Pahrump and you found it and then you realized why it's a little secluded and it is the best spot. It may not even be in Pahrump, by the way. You probably would go, hmm, do I really want to invite a lot of people out here? Because if I invite you and then you invite your friend and then they invite their friend and then there's a one donkey that has 20 friends because he wants to be the cool guy, even though he can't find the spot on his own, but he's going to post it on Twitter grams with a GPS location and share it on the Strava's OnlyFans site or whatever he's got. And then everybody goes there and now it's effed. So, uh, Travis, that's my rant on why you don't talk about where you ride. I mean, there's places where everybody goes. There's already, there's already overrun places and that's fine. But I bet you, if you find the guy that found that place, he might think, he might not think that that's the, that's the thing. But anyways, uh, yeah, hopefully that answered the question. Tom Gray has a question. It says, good day, which means he's from, um, Zimbabwe. I know this. Uh, just wondering if you guys break in 125 two strokes after top end rebuild, and if so, what is your method? Thanks. Well, Tom, uh, it, it, if it was a brand new bike, a brand new off the showroom four bike, I would, let's say, take it easy on it. Um, I would run it through a few heat cycles. You know, just starting it and running it and maybe starting it riding around slow, let it cool down, start it, run around slow. So just a couple heat cycles. And then probably for the first tank of gas, I would not what I would call just send it. I would really be careful about over revving it. I would be careful about, you know, putting big, heavy loads for long periods of time on it. But it's I'm not going to ride it around like lugging it and trying to not let the power valve open or, you know, do anything crazy like that. That's when it's brand new. 
when I throw a top end in it, I pretty much do a heat cycle on it. I ride it easy for maybe 10 minutes, and then it's then I ride it as hard as I ever ride it. Uh, and that's kind of the same with almost any bike in general. It's like, and I, I, here's kind of what I'm trying to accomplish is when it's brand new, you know, the heat cycles just, you're, you're trying to let stuff seat in a little bit and you are maybe trying to take the, the sharp edges off. That's the, that's the beginning. Once the, those edges, like I say, the sharp edges and stuff kind of wear down or everything kind of seats in, have at it. You know, um, I think they put up, I know that if you're looking for the 99th percentile of performance out of something, there are break-in procedures that are utilized and some of them are very proven in how to get the most power. And my understanding is on, on some stuff is there's no break-in at all. There's a, there's a, there's a ramp up. I would call it, they run things pretty hard right from the get-go because they, everything is you know, the tolerances are just perfect and they know how it's exactly going to work. They, they're very critical about how they warm things up, you know, cause that's part of the thing. And then they, then they want it to seat in. And I know that there is a performance difference in how that's done, but I don't think any of us are in that world. So, um, yeah. So Tom, I hope that, uh, that's, that's what I do. And I've, I've been doing that since, uh, when did I have my first, uh, when did I have to put a top end in a, kx80 that i seized when i was when i was a little kid 19 i've been doing that since 1982 and i haven't really had any problems so uh matt reeve says my 950 needs nothing it actually needs a rider at this point okay don't know where that question comment came from carl physics uh yep then your favorite spot is all blown out um yeah uh, with yeah and and guess guess what half the people bring out there he's got it utvs I have a UTV. <laughs> I don't take it to my favorite spot. Uh, T Flannel, you are so right about sharing good spots. Thank you. I wish more people would um, would uh, you know kind of take that to heart about about riding spots and riding areas. And in reality. I even take it a step further, like I ride some really awesome places and if I'm taking new people there, sometimes we're going for a work day that nobody was informed about. <laughs> I tell you the story, like Crazy Nate, who's been my buddy, great buddy, Crazy Nate, has been on the podcast. He he did it a little bit different. His tact was different when he suckered me in a trail, trail maintenance. But he would tell me, there's no way you can ride from here to here. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, and we get there, and sure enough, it was something that was nearly impossible. But then if I made it, he'd go, oh, Jimmy, I can't make it. You know, maybe you could come here and, and help me, and we could, if we cut this tree and we move these rocks, and next thing you know, there's a bitchin' trail. <laughs> so I have, in the past, gone out and had buddies, and, and Nate's Nate's one of my teammates on this, Nate will actually go up there with his little car and he'll bring like the rock bar and the chainsaw and a couple shovels, some gas for the hedge trimmer and park like kind of near where the trail is. <laughs> and, uh, and we ride in there and lo and behold, there's some old man usually crawling around with it, with a, the clippers clipping branches or whatever. 
And it's like, oh, Nate, wow, you're out here. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm out here working on these trails, trying to, oh, it's, I, I need a little bit of help. And, like, you know, then your buddies are like, oh, you know, come on, guys, let's stop and help them. <laughs> so, yep, that's, uh, that's how it works. Um, have somebody come and work with you on trails. Or, or even if it's, like, around Pahrump, there's so much trash out in our desert have them pick up trash with you for a half an hour, 45 minutes, and then take them riding and see what happens after that. Then you're going to find out whether you got a good guy or not. Just my uh, my take on it. Um, Jim Jarber says, the so is fine. Always picking up something from each episode. Well, thanks, Jim. Uh, hey, did anybody get their shirts? I, was, I put a little note in the shirts. And I, I said to send me pictures of you wearing the shirts in, in awesome places because I, I definitely want to do something with that. And Gene Woods says, nice shirt. And he would because this is Gene Woods on this shirt in one of the coolest pictures that I have. I mean, like, oh, God, you got to move the camera again. I'm going to see if I can fix this. I mean, I'll use, so I'll use the Double Take Mirror, again, a sponsor product, to, uh, to move the camera so that you can see me. Hold on. And then I got to call Scott Hoffman. Get the camera. There we go. Much better. Wait, little adjustment here. Double take mirrors, everybody. What a pro. Who says you can't do a podcast by yourself? Um, John Buck says, I'm taking my bike to Baja for the first time. Well, you, hey, John, I, before I get any farther into this, you know it's going to get the runs, right? The first time in Mexico, always a little bit, yeah, little, okay. Tips and info about what else I might want to bring for Mexico. Toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't think it's the water. I just think it's everything's a little bit different down there, and your first time down there, you're going to get that. Um, tips and info about what else I might bring for Mexico. If you've ever traveled any place out of, you know, if you're going to go someplace a long ways to go riding, you take exactly the same stuff. Just because it's Mexico doesn't mean it's any different. Uh, if your bike is largely stock or not really modified, you don't have to do anything crazy with uh, modification. You know, if you haven't done any crazy modifications, you don't have to worry about the gas. The 91, which you can get most places, is good. Uh, if you're concerned about it, maybe bring a little octane uh octane uh, booster i never do i take basically stock ktm 500s down there and uh so i'm trying to think of some of the other stuff you know it's the usual things you would take so set of tubes i always take an extra air filter i take a couple little chemicals you know i have some smaller those mini cans of chain lube and different things uh penetrant oil a little bit of contact cleaner just stuff to to fix things it all fits into one of those really small milk crates uh and that's what i take i I, on my bike, I actually have my tools that I carry on my back or on my bike. Uh, and it's the same set of stuff that I take when I do long rides around here. So just because it's Mexico, there's really not anything different that you need to do. Although you do have to be aware of, you know, you, you don't want to bring gas across the border. Your bike can be full, but don't bring any gas and gas cans. You have to have paperwork for your bike when you go into Mexico. And then, um, depending on where you're going to ride it and stuff, insurance is also, uh, a good, uh, a good idea. So yeah, I don't think anything else is necessary. Mexico, the dirt in Mexico is just like the dirt in the United States. Just, uh, some of the people are way nicer. 
And some of the people really like dirt bikes, which is strange up here. RP asks, how many brake parts and clutch levers have you broken in a crash or drop over the years? The forms seem to indicate that aluminum wraparound handguards are a must. Accurate. Pros and cons of them. Okay, RP. Uh, it's funny. I just got asked this. Somebody today was asking about setting their bike up for the Nora uh, rally. And he asked, what about wraparound handguards? And the bike that I've taken down to Mexico last two or three times does not have them. But most of my bikes actually do, mostly to protect the the levers and or the master cylinders. So I have to be uh, kind of careful about that. And I'm going to dial up Scott here right now and get him on the call. Let's we'll see if this hopefully doesn't make too much noise. Uh, here we go. And... Uh, yeah, need a producer, I think. <laughs> but um, I, over the years, I mean, it's been so infrequent lately that I've um, broken levers lately, but I haven't been crashing that much. So I think it goes hand in hand. If you don't crash, you don't break levers. Uh, actually, it's ever been since I've been really focusing on teaching the school, which means I practice a lot of riding technique and I don't tip over as much. So and now Scott's not answering the phone, which is awesome. I told him 720, he probably thought I was late. Now he's going to ghost me. RP says, uh, let's see, okay, pros and cons. Um, so I, the story is that your hands are going to slip through the, your hands are going to slip through uh, the hand guards and it's going to get stuck between that, you know, the bar and it's going to twist and break your wrist. And we talked about this a few shows ago. Haven't never seen it happen. I'm sure it has. Uh, just try not to, uh, try not to do that. But, I think when you start paying for levers, actually you can get some inexpensive levers that are actually pretty good. But if you start breaking master cylinders, that's expensive. You're going to be wishing you had wraparound hand guards. And then, um, yeah, but a lot of times it's just the regular, um, call failed call back. So I'll try this again. Um, yeah, so try that. Uh, Ashley, he said he got his shirt. It's just 2000 miles away from him. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't send it that far away. Uh, call failed again. This is The calls are awesome right now. Our cell service around here, I think whatever happened the other day um, happened everywhere. It, my thing doesn't work. John Buck says diapers. Bring diapers. Phone, but leave a message. Okay. I'll get back to you. Yeah, he can't answer his phone. Bike Mojo, looking to put a fan on a 23 KTM 350 XAF. Uh, go with Trail Tech, by the way. Do I need to worry about stator output? What if I add lights? So I think the XCF has enough power to run a fan, and then it depends on the light. Once you start adding the light, you might be compromising the ability to do it. Real easy way to tell. Um, put the fan on the bike first. Get it hot, get it running, check to see how much what your battery's charging at. Because most of the fans will the KTM has a plug, and then Trail Tech has a real Trail Tech has a really nice kit that'll plug right into that. And then when it's running, you can see if you're still charging your battery. And if it goes into discharge, well then it's not I don't know the exact output and all those other things, but those bikes do come with fans. Some of them, they have the ability to come with fans, so I'm pretty sure KTM has taken that in consideration. If you add a big light it's going to run it low, but I mean, are you going to be running your fan and your light at the same time? What are we doing? Extreme enduros at night here? Uh, not really sure. Um, 
Yeah, people got stickers. They got stickers with their T-shirts. Let's see. Tony says, mine rock. Would have to wait for the snow to melt. Okay, here we go. Scott Hoffman. Yes. You're live on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Awesome. Okay. So, so you're the you're definitely not the most technical savvy person. Uh, was the phone hard to answer? I believe it was. Yes. Okay. Good. Uh, well, hey, welcome to the show. Scott Hoffman is uh, we'd like to call him our fifth wheel at Dirt Bike Test. Uh, he he is uh, he fills in the gaps when uh, Trevor can't do all the work. Is what I like to say. Uh, Scott, welcome to the show. We Thank have you. we have some questions for you that I can't answer because I didn't. I didn't run the, uh, I didn't go to the intro. So, and bike mojo says he's going with trail tech. That's good. That's the, that's the way to start. Thanks to our sponsors. Um, okay, here we go. We're, we're straight in. Uh, tell everybody what you did. What'd you, what'd you go ride? Where'd you go? <clears throat> I went to South Carolina to uh, Randy Hawkins, uh, property there. And they have a race team Ampro, and Yamaha had us out there for the 2024, a YZ450 FX intro. Uh, there was YZ. There was the bike. There was YZ125X there. What happened? Uh, yeah, I rode that too. 125X and oh, good. Yeah, that's important. The 125 is an important motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> so, some. Oh, you're you're cutting out. Is it my phone or is it your phone? Uh, we don't know. I'm checking to see how many bars I have here. I sh- it worked uh, before. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. So put your put your tinfoil hat on and we'll get to these questions. So here is a question. Okay. Here's question Here. question number one. It said, wait a minute, I got to adjust my screen here. It said, well, well hold on, I got to use these buttons. This thing's not working. Here we go. Uh, Otis Flint says, Issues with flame out stalling and the tight stuff. I ride a large variety of trains, so this is my main concern with a 450. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you uh, do you have me uh, hooked up? Yeah, you're, flame you're, out. you're hooked up. Yeah, flame out. Um, there was a, a slight concern of that, but uh, the first gear is pretty low, and uh, when we added a little bit of fuel to the one of the maps um it really didn't have that uh trouble that bad so so stock it was like an issue uh i would say it was a, it was a little herky jerky down low um even in first gear uh, but again once we added a little bit of fuel and ran it on like the mellow map uh, which is what which is the light on on the bike right um it really wasn't it really wasn't a concern at that point yeah so does the um so I have a question. How does the bike start? Start? Yeah, start. start. Like 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 cold, uh, hot. Like if you stall, if you come in and turn, stall it. Like you know why you uh, said. Yeah, it, it it pretty much fires right back up. Oh really? Okay. When, it's, when the when the bike is cold per se, uh, you fire it up and it makes kind of a funky little whining noise until it warms up. And uh, Yamaha guys told me that's normal. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because that, that's if there's one thing I can complain about kind of globally about all fuel injected Yamahas is the starting has never been the, the restart. So after you stall it and stuff has never been um, really good. 
and we played around with maps to try to try to affect that. And it doesn't seem like it really really does things. So uh, the yeah, I I mean they're well, trying to make. I didn't I yeah I didn't really get the bike like super super hot. So because um, it was pretty wet there and pretty slimy everywhere, so it wasn't like there was a the bike was overtaxed. And there wasn't a lot of hills, so I, I never really steamed it up or got it super hot and then stalled it. So I can't say, you know, perfect whether or not there is an issue. But from my riding, I never had a really a, a restart problem on the trail. Yeah. And that that bike, I mean, I think the motor, it doesn't, I don't think they did a whole lot of stuff in the motor to make it lighter, like lighter crank or anything like that, did they? No, for the FX, no. It's basically based off the motocross bike. Other than uh, mapping, uh, that was uh, only the big uh, change in uh, performance, and as well as the exhaust muffler has uh, more baffles in it to kind of like calm the power down. Right. And um, gearing and uh, first gear is really low. Is uh, second gear is is for, is, the, is than, excuse me. Is the ahead. gearing is the gearing changed from the previous one, or it's it's still the same? Correct. Well, it's it's based off the YZ450, the the current motocross bike. So it's hard to say. It's it's an all new bike from the previous FX. So is so it is every, it everything's based off the motocross bike? Right, but the the trans are the transmission ratios the same from FX to FX, like the older one to the new one? It's pretty close. I don't know exactly verbatim if uh, the ratios are identical, but I know on on the new bike which is the fx for the 23 24 yzf platform first gear is like adding like you know six teeth to the rear sprocket right compared to the motocross bike uh, second gear is lower um than the motocross bike by slight and uh, pretty much third and fourth is similar and fifth is higher yeah. than the motocross bike and the the it, do you notice the first to second gap um, it, it could be a little tighter. I, I would say first is, a, is almost a little bit too low and it, it could be a little higher and a little bit better gap between first and second. Um, yeah, I would admit that. Yeah. Cause I, sure. I, I actually, I mean, of, of all the, the five speed transmissions, you know, as far as a wide ratio five speed, I honestly think that Yamaha has the best one and they've, they've really done a good job. I, I, I noticed the, 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 the first to second, I don't notice an upshifting. I notice it on downshifting. Like a lot of times I'll come into a turn and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to use a lot of clutch. So I'll go ahead and downshift. And I go, whoa, that was, that's a low gear kind of a, right. kind of a thing. I'll notice that. And then, and then I don't notice the fourth to fifth. I don't notice any gap at all, really, where I know some people said, yeah, it's a fourth to fifth gap, but I, I've never really noticed that. And, and it goes plenty fast. I mean, it's, I mean, where you were riding, you never, you never got it milked at fifth. I never even got into fifth. There was pretty much, we were riding tight trees and it was, uh, after it rained. So everything was slick and swampy and, uh, you know, deep ruts through the woods and they kept changing the course because some of the, the trails got so swamped out and so rutted out. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, and then, and then, AZ Mountain Thumper says, interesting to hear about the transmission changes. So I, it, it's the cases are, are, they, are the cases different? Like, um, from like the, the WR, the, the FX that I have to the, the new one. It, it, it's a new motor. It's basically the 2324 motocross platform. Yeah. And I'm not sure exactly whether or not they completely changed, uh, 
the motor when they went to the new frame in uh, last year for the motocross bike. Yeah. But it's it's basically they started with the motocross bike, the twenty three yeah, like, platform, like they always do. And that's like they always do, and they they pretty much it, it's a rendition of the motocross bike. I mean, it still feels very motocross esque out there. I mean, it's almost in the tight tight stuff when it was really wet. It, it, it was a handful. I mean, not crazy handful, but it didn't feel like uh, – it felt like more motocross than it did like full plush off-road bike. Yeah. Well, and that's that's kind of where the FX – I mean, that's the, the line they're trying to tow is right. they want a bike that like a vet guy could take to a motocross track and, you know, ride the vet motocross track and then go trail riding on it. And you're never going to – you're never going to have a trail riding setting that works on a motocross track and, and vice versa. There's going to be some right. compromise someplace. I I tend to if, – if I'm not going to go to the motocross track, I, I like the I like the WR platform. And I'm really excited to ride the new WR because I really like the current WR that I have, which is the older chassis, older motor and everything. And, and if there's one thing <laughs> – one thing that's wrong with that or in the beginning is that – that motor is when you when you uncork it is pretty spicy. So you know when I hear you say that with the, and I felt like the YZ twenty two to twenty three. So the new current YZ, I felt like that motor actually got tamed down a little bit, um, kind of in in uh, you know in the on off throttle and the lower RPM ranges. But then and then but it just feels like it has a lot of torque and really, you know I could see where that could be a handful. But that's where power tuner comes in handy. Yeah, the, the power tuner is. I mean, we ended up uh, running, putting some traction control on the on the main map, as well as detuning even the map, just to make the bike more rideable and the tight stuff. I mean, the bike's still fast. I mean, in the standard map from the the factory, I mean, it feels like a motocross bike. It's almost it's almost too much for like true off road. Yeah, unless you're riding a Grand Prix track. But it, and do you know even if yeah. Go ahead. Do you know if the 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 map switch when you turn the light on is are are yeah. they are they the are they the same or if you turn that light on it's always going to be a more mellow map? Uh, they claim that you could get they can get pretty close, but no matter what map you put on with light on, um, it's still going to be a percentage less than the map that's in there. So no matter what, if you put the same map in both. Um, um, a and B are one and two. Um, the light on is always going to be more mellow because it's automatically detuned. Yeah. So internally, internally, there's something internally. in there that's that's different. Right. 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 Exactly. Because I used to when I when I was trying to figure that out, I would go in and try to build a map that I could put in map two. So if I push the button, I couldn't tell there was uh-huh. you know. So I'd have a I'd have an aggressive. I'd kind of put an aggressive map in that second map. And then you would push it, and you couldn't tell the difference between the two. And so, and, and I know on the YZ, there's no underlying map changes between light on and light off. So if you have the right. same map in both of them, they're the same. Where if you put the same map, like the same numbers in one and two, or light on, light off on a WR and FX, the light on is always going to be kind of muted a little bit. That's that's correct, yeah, for I, sure. And uh, I think, and, and we. Yeah, I think we did a little bit of a map change originally on the light on, but when you wanted to go to the little motocross section and turn it off, the, the gap was huge. I mean, it <laughs> went from mellow to like full on freaking dragster, and it was that's why we ended up putting a mellow map on the main map so I could switch back and forth and it not 
huge gap between the two performance wise. Yeah. And I'm, I think what it is in what they're actually doing is it's the, it's when you change the throttle, it's kind of called, we call it transience. So like when you change the throttle, that's where a lot of the, the differences light on to light off so that the mm-hmm. essentially the throttle response, but now they, on the, on the new power tuner app, you're actually able to use some of that traction control, uh, settings. Correct. Yeah, we ended up putting the traction control um, in the, the main map a little bit, and it made it so the transition between the mellow map that we built in with a little bit more fuel and the main map wasn't such a big gap. Yeah, uh, that's that's so. the that's the amazing thing about these power tune, you know, the, the different these apps that you guys have now. It's you got a factory bike, <laughs> you got factory bike level right. of tuning, and you can literally make those bikes into almost anything that you want. It's just how much do you want to play with it? So we still have a a light on. So uh, Harlan wants to know who I'm talking to. Harlan, I am talking to you, Scott Hoffman. He's the uh, fifth wheel of the of DirtBikeTest.com. Uh, he just went to the 2024 Yamaha YZ450F X Intro in South Carolina. See, I'm getting better at this, Scott. I actually uh, remember remind remind myself to uh, no, my guests remind me to reintroduce the guest. <laughs> nice. So uh, let's see. We have another question. Someone, not, you said nice. Uh, Gorton Seller said nice about your video. Oh yeah, that was a one man show. So I was sent to South Carolina because Jimmy and Trevor, neither of them could uh, perform or show up. So I had to do a one man show. So. Luckily, I had to um, ask the guys at Cycle News, uh, uh, your old comrade uh, Jesse Ziegler and uh, Ryan Nitson, uh, to help me uh, shoot a little bit of video of me. Right, uh, Jesse sent me a bill today uh, for that. Oh, he did. Oh, that's yeah, nice. he sent. I got an. I got an invoice from Jesse today. So okay, perfect. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's it's it's. Uh, I I actually I actually sent out an email today that was explaining somebody how hard it is to be media. It's uh, it it pays it pays so much. I'm actually gonna have yeah, to, I'm taking right. a time off from this stupid freaking podcast because I have to go make some money, and it's yeah, hard hard to do in Mexico. So uh, exactly. Yeah, uh, but uh, you got to go ride dirt bikes. You got to hang out with Randy Hawkins. Did uh. Did you ask Randy Hawkins about that time that I had to smash on my on my uh, KTM foot peg with a big hammer at the six days so he could uh, fix his bike without the marshals looking at it? Did you ask him about that? Uh, no, I did not ask him about that. If you would have uh, prompt me with a little bit of information, then I may, I may have right. asked him about that. Did, did, did you ask I, 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 Did you ask Randy ahead. Hawkins about the time that we went riding on a Malcolm Smith uh, gear photo shoot back in the uh, early days, and my then-girlfriend, now-wife Heather, gave Randy Hawkins riding tips? Uh, no, I don't. No, I he, did not that. that. That's some good information. Though. He he was the national duro champion at the time, and uh, and he just happened to mention to Heather, you know, Heather's a nice girl. And he just happened to mention, it's like, yeah, I don't really ride out in the desert that much. So she proceeded to give him desert riding techniques. That was, uh, she never realized what a good coach she was going to become. Started with the best. <laughs> Well, uh, at the end of the end of the day, Randy took a big group of people on a little trail ride and people were amazed that this guy got on a bike and borrowed some gear on a bike. And they said that he rode across these trails and he didn't leave a mark on the ground over over little leaves and whatnot. And he said he's, he's almost floated around this course like he's been riding his entire life. And, you know, just well, wonder why he's 
Well, he has he, he has been riding. I don't know how much he rides anymore. Probably not as much as he used to. But the he, he they call him the javelin when he was when he was racing. And that guy, and and not just Randy, but all those guys from back east. When those trees get tight and narrow, like it is ridiculous how they can slither is what I would like to call it through the through the trees. And it's, I mean, it's changed a lot now because there's the guys are so much more aggressive. But back then, it was just a lot of a lot of finesse. The bikes didn't handle they weren't as sharp as they are these days but uh yeah um flying brian says hey jimmy tech talk isn't stupid <laughs> you want to bet a compliment, I, think. <laughs> I think it's a compliment, a compliment. yeah it's a compliment I'll, it? yeah i'll compliment. take it as a compliment so um anyways anything uh so so yeah your video video wasn't bad you put a copyright copyright music in there so we're gonna lose all the money we the big bucks we'd be generating off of that but don't worry, Scott, because well, Scott and then uh, Scott Goggles, one of our sponsors, amazing sponsors. Uh, we've been running Scott commercials on a lot of our uh, a lot of our shows and stuff. Copyright music appears in. Right. <laughs> so we're right. about to, we're, good. we're about to be demonetized <laughs> for those no, for well. for all those. So that's why I said this this show is running like a uh, 1985 YZ490 that's completely clapped out. Detonating With, uh, and everything. The, ba- the bass rear brake. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a bass rear brake. Yeah, I told someone they they said I'm taking my bike to Mexico. What should I do? And I go prepare prepare for diarrhea. Uh, yeah, I, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. that was good. <laughs> so, so the other thing I wanted to bring up about uh, the FX is that um, people need to realize is that the suspension is actually physically lowered compared to the YZ. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, so it's uh, it's the same height as the old FX, but they internally like lowered the um, the suspension, so it's actually got less travel than a YZF model. So is does and, that uh, does that make it like longer wheelbase, like more, longer, like more stable type feeling? Uh, not really. It's just it just feels really you know more, a little bit more planted in in the in the woods for just changing direction, but uh, I don't know. If uh, I didn't have enough time on the bike to to really tie, dial it in, but I'm not sure if it if it's really an effect uh, the way the on the motocross or faster faster sections because you just don't have as much wheel drop compared to uh, um, you know the full length suspension F model. Does it does it feel does it feel like <coughs> it's a little bit like um, uh, not as loose in the beginning? Well. The, the shock, not necessarily, but the fork, I had issues, not issues, but just it felt like it was too soft but too harsh at the same time. In other words, it's like certain times it felt harsh, like sometimes a little slap downs and a few times, but other times it would want to go, I, I wanted to stand up in the stroke a little bit. So it was like I was fighting over um, um, just rebound mode and trying to get a good balance where I'm not getting a lot of feedback in the handlebars on those uh, small little breaking bumps and little chatter that going into like a tree or, or a little section where there's a little breaking bump. Yeah, and and, chatter and, and tr- truth be told, you're not a back east woods type rider. You're more of a California track riding guy and dual sport riding out here. That's correct. So yeah. it was definitely out of my element, but uh, you know, uh, so it, it was hard to to figure that out. But once I I did slow down the rebound on the fork, uh, the fork the wheel felt a lot more planted. Um, but I did have that that 
odd feeling of being a little harsh and a little soft at the same time as if like I would need um, slightly stiffer fork springs or a little bit more oil in the fork to make it a little bit more progressive. So then I can back out the compression. Yeah. And that's, that's what I've kind of, I mean, I I do that on almost all most bikes is I end up going to a higher oil level, like more. So I'm using kind of more air spring in there. So it gets, it gets more progressive. And, uh, and even to the point where there's certain bikes, like the first thing I do is I always take the air out of the forks and there's other bikes. I actually like it when it starts building up a little bit of air pressure, they start working a little bit better. So these are all just all tricks you, you learn and then you kind of get used to it. And some of these characteristics are kind of, no matter what you would be riding in some of these areas, that's what you would feel because of, you know, the way the ground is or the way, you know, the way the bumps are or the type of riding. But I, so did you ride the 250? Uh, two stroke. Yeah, I actually, I like that bike. That was, uh, worked really good in the woods and, uh, easy to ride. And, um, so, I mean, it, it was, I've ridden the, the other motocross platform with the newer style, uh, uh, body work just a tiny bit before. So, I mean, I got on that bike and it felt, you know, pretty easy to get through the woods and ride the bike really easy. Yeah. That's it. I wrote also, I wrote it on the second day where conditions started to dry out. So it got a lot better. Right. And, uh, yeah, and the the thing about the, the YZ250X is it's just that simple, you know, not fuel injected, still kickstart kind of, you know, it, it's for everybody that, that I, I see it all the time. They're complaining about, oh, KTM screwed up by putting all this stuff in this bike. It's like, well, guess what? Yamaha makes the bike for you. It still has a carburetor. It doesn't oil inject, so it's different than the Beta. It doesn't have electric start. There's way less wires. You know, it's just it's just simple, easy, and it's the basically the same bike since nineteen ninety uh, two thousand and five. I would almost say uh, two thousand six. They went with a better fork, but two thousand five right. was the, the, the alum- basic, the original uh, aluminum frame. Big yeah. change. Did you ask them where the YZ three hundred was? Uh, no, but I did try to ask somebody about, Hey, what's up with that motor on the Fantic? And, uh, they said, Oh, that that's a different department. We have nothing to do with that. Right. Yeah. We talked about that in the show uh, not too long ago when that started kind of making the rounds. What about a Y? So, so the YZ250 FX is kind of still like the, it's the older generation and just typical Yamaha, they will probably enter because the YZ250 is all new this year. So the YZ250FX would be uh, a big update next year, we suspect. Um, did you ask them where the... Uh, yeah, they said, they said the FX might not come out till next year, for right, sure. Right. Uh, the wh- new, newer platform. Newer platform. Uh, did you ask right. where the YZ350F was? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> what kind of journalist are you? you got to be asking these hard-hitting questions. Because because Yamaha's never said they're going to come out with a 350, but you know you never know. Everybody says all they have to do is just you know board out, or or make the 450 smaller. One of the two. Why, why would you? Yeah, that's not the way to do it. I know this. We used to make oh. uh, we used to make CRF 400s. We used to because they actually worked pretty good in the trail, but they were heavy. Mm-hmm. They were still heavy. Right. Uh, Dave Burgess says thanks to you, Jimmy. I am now part of the Blue Crew. I hope their sponsorship continues. Well, their, their sponsorship is continuing. That this is this is this is something that has that it is continuing. We know this. So uh, whether we can afford to continue doing this, that's a whole nother thing. But uh, th- we're 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 still Blue Crew. I'll be Blue Crew because I've got a WR four fifty and I'm 
Blue Crew and that thing uh, all the way to the bank. Uh, so I think that was that was it. That was uh, that was all of our questions. You want to stick around and help with the? Are you able to watch this on the? Uh, on the on, on the, the interweb? on the interwebs, yeah, you able to see this? If I start, I can't, I can, but our, but our, our timing's all off between the phone and I think. Oh right, it, it sounds like it was weird when I was watching it live. Yeah, you just turned it on, and now we have the endless loop echo going on. Oh wait, no, I turned it on. No, I don't have it on. No, that's mine. You turned it on. I don't know what happened here. Somehow I broke the broke my own computer. There we go. <laughs> Shut it off. Um, Ron no, Wilder tell says, your "Producer, fire, fire your producer." Uh, I'd like to. I'm thinking about it. Right. Uh, Ron Wilder says, hey, Jimmy, been doing looking at the 990 Adventure R's but never ridden one. Would like to hear your thoughts on that bike and the availability of parts. Uh, what is it? KTM continues to produce parts for 10 years. I think they're required to do this. I don't know if, I don't know if that's a requirement or whatever. But um, So I know that they're making them for 10 years. So is your bike 10 years old? The answer is probably yes, getting there. Uh and then it's going to be the whatever they're breaking a lot of those are going to be the hard parts to get and i don't know i know there's a lot of used engines floating around and stuff like that but um yeah I, I, the price on those things was really good uh during covid and i'm waiting for i should probably sell my ktm 1090s and stuff uh before the price on those things drops like a rock anybody want to buy the frame number one ktm 950 i have it it's for sale everything's for sale right now I'm trying to build a building uh, so um yeah i i haven't had to buy parts for mine because i haven't really ridden it that much but uh the thoughts on the bike are it's a really good bike the especially if you can get one with the longer suspension an earlier one with the longer suspension travel or one of the later ones where they took the abs off of it um, because they finally got the fuel injection really sorted and uh, and then when they took the when they took the the ABS and stuff off, the bike got pretty nice. So yeah, uh, good good luck with good luck with that. Okay, I'm gonna go back to my questions on where did I where I gotta find this screen where the questions hey, are. Jimmy, I have a nine fifty. I have a nine fifty fifty question for you. Got it. I can answer nine out of ten. Would you take the super enduro model from way back then, or 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 the or the adventure bike? So that's a really good question. Uh, the super enduro models would have been carbureted. And if you're going to be riding it a lot and taking care of it, I don't have any problem with the carburetors. But if you're going to let it sit, uh, God bless you if you have to go get into those carburetors. And they are complicated. It's a, it's a you know dual carb bank that's all at weird angles and hard to get to. So if I was riding a lot, I wouldn't have a problem doing that. The funny thing with that Super Enduro is the fuel tank capacity was actually really small on it. And so there are some big tanks if you can get them. And the suspension was a little bit a little bit better than the, the 950. But if I was sitting next to – if I saw one of those and I saw the last version, it was called the KTM 990 Baja – I would get that one. That's the one without the ABS and and the fuel. Like I said, the fuel injection at the time was pretty decent. It was the seat height was a little low. They kind of lowered it, but it actually worked pretty good. So um, yeah, that's that's where that's where I would go. Hey Scott, you have a bike for sale right now, don't you? I do. I have a YZ250 that I was going to make into a project, and I never rode it. Never rode it. Never rode it. It's brand new. Wow. Uh, you should have sent, sent me the picture and put down 
uh, whatever year it is, 2000 and what? It's actually a 2015. 2015 YZ250, never ridden, and sent it into Rooster Endo because it's all, often called Rooster Endo or for sale. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, they send the bike in and they get a lot of promotion out of that. But I just wanted to help you out there since, you know, you're going uh, half, yeah. halfway across the country for us. So if you're looking for a Cherry YZ250 in the Southern California area, Scott Hoffman is your man. Uh, you can find yeah. him on Facebook's. Yes, it's 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 listed on Facebook Marketplace. Okay, technically. so so have your Nigerian banker get in touch with Scott and uh, exactly. offer to send him a cashier's check. I've actually been sent cashier's checks before. It's pretty funny. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I I tried to sell a tandem mountain bike once, a tandem full suspension mountain bike, and some guy actually sent me a cashier's check. And so, and it was like seven thousand bucks. It was crazy, and I took it down and took it to the uh, took it to the bank, and they said, "Hmm, let's look at this thing." And they started looking at it, and they said, "Man, this is a really good one, but we're probably gonna if we get you know if we cash this for you, it's probably gonna come right back out of your account." So, and basically the guy, you know, because he had he had a shipper, you know, he was he wanted me to, you know, he was paying for the shipping on top of the bike as well, and you know, basically wanted me to give some money to somebody else, kind of a deal. So, uh, oh, they're out there for sure. If anybody's selling a 125, Asher Lito's in the market for one. He just put it in the chat. So, uh, yeah, if 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 you if you got a bike for sale, Roost Endo, and we don't like to say it out loud, but for sale. So, okay, <laughs> okay, Scott, I think that's uh, I think I'm gonna let you get going unless you want to try to participate in Rooster Endo with me. But I it, there's a delay. Yeah, there's a delay, so I think I'll uh, let you take over there and uh, produce your own show. And uh, thanks for uh, I'm gonna fire, having me on. And, I'm going to uh, fire the and, producer. Uh, <laughs> right. So, okay. Thanks, Scott. We'll talk will, to you later. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. That was Scott Hoffman, everybody. Uh, he is he's one of the founders of Dirt Bike Test. He's been around in the moto uh, journalism industry for a long, long time. Uh, he looks much younger. Uh, now, actually looks older now than he was because the the journalism killed him like it killed all of us. I'm 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 like to identify as a uh, washed up uh, motorcycle journalist now as well as a washed up racer and washed up almost everything else I do. I'm now I'm a course I'm a uh, what am I? Um, Jefe de motos for Nora Mexican One Thousand. So if you have Nora Mexican One Thousand questions, I can answer those for you tonight on the show. So the other questions. Oh, I should have read this while Scott was on here because this was a this is a video I did. Unlike his uh, one man uh, production, this actually required the help of multiple people when we had filmers and all that other stuff. DJ VL Two IM says he says this to me. This is by far one of the best and informative reviews I have seen. They really stick to the facts. He's talking about me, and that is meant to be a price point machine, not comparison to an $18,000 KTM. And he is referring to our KTM 390 full test video. I just bought the 2023 390 Adventure. For the money, I think it's a fun, good-looking bike for me with zip around on street and dirt with. No intention of entering motocross or tour the U.S. with it. It's playful fun. I've ridden street race bikes and dirt bikes a lot. I'm older now, and I just wanted... Some lightweight local fun to drive some dirt roads, and this fits the bill. He said, I hope this helps. The funny thing about that is he basically said exactly what we said 
in the video. That's that's a summer summarize of the video. He has one. He's qualified to comment on that. Everybody's opinion is valid. Thank you, DJVL2IM. Countershocks. Do you know anything about the SoCal rally in March? Uh, I do know some things about it, uh, but I would go to um, wherever they're putting information to find out that information. So it's, I think it's kind of more of a rider gathering than, than an event. And um, yeah, um, I know some people that have gone and done that before. And uh, yeah, so that's a, that's a thing. It's definitely less expensive than going to a professional event with medical uh, personnel and a, a verified uh, race course and get to go places where you're only allowed to go during this event and have finish line parties every day and a big award ceremony. And that's why you have to pay the big bucks. So that's why uh, in March you should do the Nora Mexican 1000. I'm not going to be happy unless we have 50 entries. And then if I don't have 50 entries, I'll probably just quit doing everything and go ride around on one of my Husabergs. So that's what we're doing. Uh, TNIX9394 tells me on YouTube, on our all-wheel drive adventure bike, he says, and he had to edit this, but he says, don't need two-wheel drive if you're giving her the onion, bro. Just lean back and pin it. Well, everybody's entitled to their opinion. This is America. A lot of freedom of speech here, and um, you just do that. I wish, I wish I could have an all-wheel drive adventure bike. I really, really do. I wish the one that I have in my possession wasn't broken, and if Steve Cristini was not selling so many of those damn all-wheel drive mountain bikes, <laughs> we would probably have this thing fixed. Greg Sims 2428 says, I would rather hear you talk and the sound of dirt bikes more than the music. Turn the music down. Trevor, I added that part in the 2023 450 off-road comparison test on dirt bike test. If you wonder where these awesome videos are, go to our YouTube channel. That's that's where they are. And then you can leave a comment, and I might even read it on this show. And then you'll be famous to all two people that are watching. So here's the other thing. Cast triple clamps versus billet triple clamps. Which works better for off-road racing? Oh, here we go. Here we go. 64 Max Power says, If stock class... If stock cast triples are so much weaker, why would Robbie Madison purposely choose stock clamps for Mongo jumps? I'm going to answer that in a second, but I'm going to finish your question. The only clamps I've ever seen broken were billet clamps. This stuff lives in your heads. Okay, so I'm curious if 64 max power... I sometimes actually go troll their page to see what, they, what they're what they into, but I haven't had a chance to do this. Maybe I'll do it right now, live on the show. Here we go. We're going over to his page. What are we going to see? Cat videos, right? No, that's that's me. That's all I do. Uh, he has uh, Brock Glover talking about his YZ. 
got his kids that look like they're driving some dogs and kids, a lot of dogs and kids. And that's what max power. So he's probably one of Robbie's Madison's main buds. And that's how he knows that, that that's what's on his bike. <laughs> he probably watched a video. That's how you learn everything these days. I would be willing to bet more than I can afford to lose that Robbie Madison purposely has the stock clamps on his bike because that's what they came with. And I don't know Robbie, but eh, I'd be willing to bet that he's just happy with the way it works like that. And triple clamps are actually a pain in the ass to change because you have to press the stem out usually. And that's just the way it was. So it worked. But um, yeah. Most clamps, it takes a lot to break them. And if you see broken clamps, there's usually uh, a lot of user error involved, either in the install or the activity. And when Robbie Madison does a Mongo jumps, bro, he actually lands pretty damn smooth most of the time. So maybe the feeling of the stock cast clamps are better than billet ones. I don't know. Uh, You'd have to ask him, but I'm just theorizing um and i have seen cast clamps break and they broke for the exact same reason that the billet ones would break (laughs) user user uh error so gronk says the interwebs are full of fails of people who just lean back and pinned it or maybe that they're running billet triple clamps i don't know okay so let's see um on my video says, what is the best dirt bike ever made? And uh, I debated with uh, Jay Clark over at Dirt Bike TV. I claimed it was the Husaberg uh, 570. Actually, I did, and I said KTM 500. But the, there's a picture of a Husaberg 570. And the this guy says, damn, I have a 2006 28 original hours, original tires. And Phil 9634, uh, how much do you want for that particular bike? Just, you know, curious. Because they're horrible. Can't get parts for them anymore. They're unrideable. They're so much power. It's kind of like a, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, probably should sell it to me. I don't need another bike. Uh, okay, everybody. I'm going to do a quick commercial break with uh, copyrighted music, and then I'll be right back with your favorite segment, Rooster Endo. If you are sitting around waiting for Rooster Endo because you think your bike is in here, if you send it to me, it's in. The defending champion. The all-new Yamaha YZ450F. Thank you. 
What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before, and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty, and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM, and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Welcome back to the Misaligned Camera Show. My name is Jimmy Lewis, where you get to watch half of my face, or if you listen to it on a podcast format, we just went to a wide shot and everything's better. But aside from that, welcome back. Thanks to our uh, sponsors, our partners, the people that uh, allow this show to come to you. Doing it solo tonight, run it solo. So uh, some people were going to send me rooster endos, but their wives told them they couldn't. That's what happens in this world. Um, my wife tells me to go riding because it makes gives me a better attitude. So that is good for me. Hey, a couple other things uh, in the in the news. Um, what is in the news? I'm looking at some posts. I saw so a couple of the things that I saw kind of I'll call it trending on the interwebs was there are a lot of people doing valve adjusts <laughs> for some reason on uh, KTM bikes, KTM 500s and 350s. And there, some of them have manuals, some of them don't have manuals. Some of them are trying uh, to do it exactly by the book and looking for shortcuts. And there's other people that are trying to do it without the book and need information out of the book, which is the manual. The manual gives you probably the most important information that you would ever need. It gives you the specs that you need. It also tells you when you should check them. And so here's where I'm going to have a little debate with you. <laughs> the, the manual tells you to check a lot of this stuff way too frequently. And if you're not abusing your bike, you probably don't need to check, especially like a KTM 350. Of of I have a 2010. 12 KTM 350 that's it's probably in the 700 hour range and I just loaned it to a friend and he rode around for a bunch of hours and stuff I've checked the valves on it twice and I just quit doing it because and this is one of the questions is KTM actually calls for you putting a little sealant on the cam um, 
at the cam journals where the gasket has the big uh, kind of rubber half moon, they they call for you sealing that up, which I believe is a really good idea uh, because if you don't, they tend to weep a little bit. But if my bike was weeping, uh, I wouldn't do anything because it's not weeping that much. It's just ugly when your bike runs for a long time in the dust and a little bit of oil gets there. So... <clears throat> Number one, manual is really good for specs and the procedure on how to do it. Sometimes they go overboard. They go overboard and tell you how often you have to do it, and they go overboard on all the steps, you know, that disconnect the battery, all these other things that you may or may not need to do. Guys were having problems, especially now on the bikes without kickstarters on how to turn it, turn the motor over. Uh, this is really easy. I just put it in like fifth or sixth gear. And then I use the rear wheel and I, I kind of snap it. I go clink, clink, clink. I tap the chain and get it to move because the magnets are so strong in some of the ignitions. And because of the, the cam overlap and angle, like sometimes it's really hard to get these things to turn smoothly and to quote, find top dead center, but you should be able to feel this. Okay. Uh, if you're not able to feel it, then there's ways to check it. You can take the spark plug out and you can put something like a screwdriver down in there and, and you know, watch when it goes up and down and up and down and figure out exactly where it's at. Uh, there are on KTMs, there's always a inside of the crankcase. There's also a bolt that has a big thick washer on it. And sometimes it's on the center case on the bottom. Sometimes it's off to the side where well, you can take this bolt out. You can remove the washer, and then you run the bolt back in, and it will index into a divot inside of the crank that indicates stopped at center, so you can lock it. This is typically used if you were going to, for instance, pull the top end or pull the cam out, and you didn't want to lose uh, top dead center. So it allows it to, to make it easier to time. So all this stuff is explained in the manual, and in whether it's a, a KTM or a Yamaha or a Honda or whatever, the manual will tell you all these different things. And if this is your first time doing something like this, don't feel intimidated. It's, it is intimidating. It's not that easy. But if you kind of remember the steps that you use, but when you watch somebody who's done it 10 or 15 times, that's where the first five times they're feeling exactly the way you like, do I remove this hose? Do I have to pull this out away? Do I have to unbolt this? You know, you can unbolt everything the manual says, but I promise you the guy at the shop that's working on a, on a scale you know, as far as how much time he's going to get to do that job, he knows every shortcut in the book and he knows how to just get in there, get it done and button it back up. You'd like to learn that, but you're not going to learn it in doing it just one or two times. So if you have the manual, that's great. If you're looking for shortcuts, um, I would be a little weary about asking for this on the internets because I promise you the guy that's the best at the shortcuts is not sitting on a Facebook forum posting the answers, I mean, giving away his secrets all day long, unless he's unemployed. And if he's unemployed, he's probably not that good of a mechanic anyways. So just take that for what it's worth. So, uh, yeah. And after I've, you know, owned a bike for a while and I'm really comfortable with how it's working, I'm waiting for the bike to tell me I do the maintenance more than I'm looking at the hour meter. I'm listening for sounds that are unfamiliar. I'm kind of doing, doing that kind of stuff. I'm not worried about weeps. I actually responded to a guy who was having a weep around his, uh, his, uh, it was, it was on his ignition side and it was on a KTM 500 and it was where the crankcase pressure 
uh, was sort of starting to weep out through the wires. And if you think about if there's something that's weak on KTMs, I would go with wires. They really try to save a lot of weight here. And if you do a lot of heat cycles on something that has a, a nice piece of copper inside of it and a rubber sheath on it, over time, that copper is going to get hot and it's going to heat up the heat up the, the sheath and it's going to get brittle and it's going to shrink and it's going to harden up and then oil is going to work its way out because people were giving them all kinds of crazy ideas. Oh, your, your breather, you have to unroute your breather from your airbox and vent it to atmosphere and do all this other stuff. It's just time on the bike. Maybe he overfilled it once. Maybe he overfilled it and for the first time ever ran it hard down the road and then it's going to try to get out. Yeah, it'll, it'll push it out. But when do this, <laughs> take some oil, take, spill, fill up a cap of an oil bottle and spill it someplace on your motor and see how big of a stain you can make or spill a cap of oil on the ground. And you're talking one cap, what is it? Maybe 10, five cc's, spill it on the ground and watch it spread out. And then you'll be much less worried about what you're seeing in these uh, oil stains. I mean, if you if you want it to look really good, yeah, you don't want the oil stain. But if you're worried about function, nah, don't worry about it too much. So there, just trying to save you some bucks. Just common sense answers that have worked for hundreds of years. And you ask yourself, Jimmy, if what you say, don't listen to the guys on the internets all the time, what are you doing here? Well, besides stroking my ego, uh, I am doing penance because dirt bikes have given me a awesome life. I get to go ride dirt bikes all the time, and somehow I kind of consider it my job. And that's why I get bitter sometimes because, like, job, you're supposed to get paid. But I, I, I consider myself, I'm going funning. So when I'm funning, I shouldn't get paid, but then I need to make a living. And then there's this triangle of doesn't really work out. But, uh, yeah, so I'm doing, I'm doing my penance and trying to help people out because over the course of my career and my life, I've had – I've run into other very smart people that have steered me in the right direction. So hopefully I can be doing that right now. David Diaz. I know David. At least one OEM defines weeping, seeping, and leaking. Leaking is a warranty item. I bet you I know which OEM defines that. <laughs> yeah, leaking is a warranty item. <laughs> That's good. That's actually... That's a fair assessment. That's really smart. I, I David was a service writer for a long time, correct? Uh, we'll, we'll, he'll, I'm sure he'll uh, pipe back in with that. So, okay, I'm gonna go move into Rooster Endo. Okay, I'll answer your questions as we go. You can distract me because everybody knows I have a really hard time giving a true answer. Rooster Endo Day is brought to you by Takamoto and Bulletproof Designs because I do not have a product of the week. The reason, like, I like Bulletproof Designs, I'm holding this up in front of the camera, it's so ability and shiny, is they make really awesome protective pieces for motorcycle, from radiator guards to, this is a chain guide saver, a swing arm tab saver, to shark fins, to billet throttle housings, to whole wheel sets. And by the way, how did I break in my Bulletproof Designs wheel set? Well, I put a set of test mooses in it, I put a set of tires on it and threw it on my bike and went and rode it in Mexico for 500 miles. So uh, that's how I test it. Anyways, brought to you by Tacomoto.co. So somebody tonight is going to be the lucky recipient of $100 from Tacomoto.co. Uh, go there. Tell Mike thanks for sponsoring this show. 
tell Jimmy to shut up sometimes. Uh, so I've got to get the information out here. I've got to, I got to set up. So this bike says, my name is Ryan. So I'm going to click on Ryan right here. He's Ryan. All right. Built as a single bike for forest roads, two track and single track in the Pacific Northwest. My favorite place to ride is beep, beep, beep. Okay. So, Okay, hold on a second. This is a long list. This is a... Uh-oh. Did I mess up the... I'm missing a picture. Wait a minute. I got it. Hold on. Do we have four entries or three? Oh, we do have four. Good. Okay. I hope this is... Yeah, there we go. Ryan already committed a fatal penalty. I have no idea what this bike is. I have no idea. But I'm going to keep going because, remember, picture, you're making model, and the thing. And he's got a list. I'm going to go through this list, and then I'm going to get bored, and then I'm going to scan through, and I'm only going to list off the sponsors of this show because that's how we do it here. Anyways, Resprung and EVO Oregon Symmetrical Converted Explorer Forks. This bike, to me, appears to be a gas-gas what is their enduro by EX 300? I'm guessing it's a 300. Takamoto 3000 hour pump. Takamoto 225 hour fuel filter. If somebody wants to do the math for me, that, uh, that you could tell me how many fuel filters I'm going to go through before I wear that pump out. It's desmog. The reeds have been removed. The recluse. The reeds have been removed. This is a two stroke. Wait a minute. Wrong bike. Hold on. This is where this is where it gets confusing here. Do we have two Ryans here, or is this Mike's bike? Hi, my name is Ryan. And there's a picture. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, let's see. Maybe this is this is this Ryan's bike. I named him properly, I think. No, that's Ryan. What's it's Michael's bike? That looks a lot more like the bike we're talking about but I don't know. Let's see if there's any stickers that identify any of these things. Uh, Moto-mined barters, uh, Dango designs, engine guard mounts, tall jammer case guards, trail jammer chase guards, pro mobility exhaust, end capped, ultra quiet. Is that what I'm seeing here? Okay, seat concepts, comfort seat. Yes, I'm seeing that. A Cherby's 3.9 tank with breather. Okay, we're back onto the right bike. This bike appears to be a eh, 2020, 2019 KTM 500, I'm guessing. That's why I can't figure out what the picture is. If you told me what the picture was, what the bike was, I would know. So, uh, is this Mike's bike? This is Mike's bike, not Ryan's bike. I'll get it all figured out one of these days. ODI Road Grips, Enduro Engineering Extreme Skid Plate. Wait a minute. What? He has two different kinds of skid plates on here? Dango Designs Engine. Oh, they're just engine mounts. Okay, I thought there was a, a skid plate in there. KTM Power Parts Rear Discard, Enduro Case Saver. Uh, yeah, that's all, the, that's all the things. So this is his bike. He doesn't. Has, oh, there's more list. Bulletproof Designs Chain. 
guide protector. That's good. He has a, uh, he has some, uh, he does not have DDC sprockets on this bike. I'll tell you that right now. He doesn't have those. He has Cyclo Bend handguards and bar taps, a 30 millimeter bar risers, a giant loop tail rack, Ram mount, Ram phone mount, double take mirror, DRI grab, do it yourself, grab strap front and rear. Tusk Recon Hybrid Rear Golden 260 Fatty Front. That's what I saw. The first thing I identified in this bike was the big fat front tire. Uh, do you yourself license frame out and Osnemo Micro LED Rear Turn Signals. It looks like a very well set up machine. I like that. Um, looks like he put some time on it. Didn't didn't go crazy with the graphics kit. I like that. But I don't know what kind of bike this is. So I'm going to give you, for not following instructions, Endo. Mike, Endo. Sorry. Um, and Sawyer Llewellyn says, when is Dirt Bike going to get their hands on a Triumph? I don't know. I forgot to ask. Um, the, the intro was the other day. We we were not invited because we're not very good journalists. Well, we, we, we don't say what we're supposed to say. Uh, we like to tell the truth. I don't know. I really, I, I don't, haven't had any contact with Triumph, even on the adventure bike side, which is kind of strange, but who knows? Uh, that's the, that's the way it goes. Here we go. Next bike. This is Ryan's bike. So we get to look at this one again here. So Ryan's got... A 2023 Gas Gas 3 EX350 with two... Wait, nope. Wrong. Wrong. Wrong guy. Uh, my name is Ryan. <laughs> this bike is built as a single... Bike for forest service roads, two track and single track in the Pacific Northwest. My favorite place to ride is there. Wait. Somehow this guy got confused, but I don't see his information on this one. But it's definitely not the last one, and it's not this one, and the other one is that one. So that's that's all we get with this one. Not very much information. Looks like a nice place to ride. You got up out of the trees, took a picture of your bike. I actually. He's got the, uh, yeah, Sycra handguards. I see that on one of the things on one of the lists, but okay. Uh, this bike, Roos, just because. Anybody in the chat want to comment? <laughs> um, okay, so I do have, this is Todd's bike. Todd's bike is a 2023 Gas Gas EX 350 with 200 plus hours. He has MX Tech Raven forks inserts. I think that's why he laid it over. So maybe we could try to look inside and see that. The shock has my own valving. It's mostly a KTM copy. Would that have anything to do with why it's laying on the ground? Fast Company Flex Handlebars from Takomoto. That's like a double bonus. You used one of our sponsors to buy one of our sponsors' products. We appreciate this. A Guts Tall Seat, which we can't see. UFO Plastic Handguards. One of them's probably broken right now. And a Ameritron Watch on the handlebar. I'm not sure. No need for a skid plate or radiator guards. 
I saw one rock last year in Minnesota. Okay, maybe three rocks. So you're saying you got nice loamy dirt like that that's so loamy that you like to lay your bike in to the dirt as opposed to use the kickstand. Because I think an EX actually comes with a kickstand, but maybe it snapped off. I don't know. The graphics and coloring have worn off the radiator shrouds. There's no need to look down on my bike. Bikes need naps too, and look how soft that fluffy dirt is. I can't argue with you one bit, not not one bit, because you definitely spend more time riding that thing than putting stickers on it. And if you go to Takamoto, you're going to get some stickers with your order and maybe some root beer candies, by the way, just so you know. So that's good. Okay, I think that Roos, MLT, wait a minute. Is that, is that, hey, cheers. He's, he's got a heart and a, he's got a heart in his little emoji. Can't tell, is that, would that be, uh, would that be, uh, I don't know, who's, can't tell who you are. You guys have all these emojis. Everybody's hiding behind their screen figures or whatever it is in this. But uh, yeah, that, that bike it roosted. It's, it's been roosted. It's roosting. I like it. Roost. That one's a, that one's a good one. And uh, Jeff Franklin from Indiana, speaking of child labor, sends in this picture. Hey, Jimmy, here is my son, Vince, who is 10 years old on his 2018 YZ65. So he got it right. Well, he didn't put Yamaha in there, but we know. Yamaha YZ65. Mods include the Polysport headlight powered by a small lithium battery mounted inside the airbox with a tusk on and off switch, a works connection aluminum skid plate, a Chirby's handguards, and frame protections. Since the mighty WR450 lost due to a non-riding pick, we have countered with a shot from our Enduro cross track. More bikes in the stable ready to be unleashed. This is Jeff from Indiana. Jeff, you are exploiting your child at this point. This kid is lucky enough to have his own super trick YZ65 full blue crew, which you're thinking, oh, we've got this one because Jimmy always gives it to the Yamaha because Yamaha sponsors the show, which actually could be, there could be some truth in that, but your spoiled little brat kid needs to write his own rooster endo description of his own super awesome bike because that's how you get super awesome bikes is you write about them. Or at least that worked for me my whole life. I didn't have my dad do my homework for me and try to swindle $100 out of some good, hardworking guys that are maybe in Minnesota with their bike laying on the side that need stickers. But, yeah, the kid needs to send me his own rooster endo and 100 sentences that says, I will not have my dad pimp me out for 100 Takamoto bucks. 
even though it looks like a pretty rad enduro cross track. And I would like to go out there and roost with you. And since you have a headlight, you're so lucky that your dad made you a super awesome headlight. I would like to think that the kid actually did that, but I'm just doubting the capacity of a 10 year old at this time, but they have the internet and they can learn things. They can learn things like really fast on the internet. And maybe he did figure out how to put a lithium ion battery inside of his airbox, but be careful that it doesn't catch on fire. Cause I heard about airplanes catching on fire. Cause I watch the internets all the time, but if that is indeed the thing, I want the 100 sentences that says, I will not let my dad pimp me and my YZ65 out for his benefit. Uh, 100 sentences, and uh, then we'll see what we can negotiate, resubmit a better a better picture. Uh, have Actually, uh, Vince, have your super hot chick girlfriend that masquerades as your filmer shoot the photo for you because that's how you really get on the, the that's the way the kids are doing it these days if you don't believe me just watch carson brown okay that kid's got it dialed so that's all i really know um okay let's see the big five yamaha Honda, kawasaki suzuki ktm what what are we talking about here on the chats uh by the way this kid and his bike roost dad's uh sideshow of trying to he's going to flood me with rooster endo entries uh is not working uh so this is the point of the show where i i with the help of the chat you're gonna have to act quick because i've already made my decision you gotta have to talk me out of it you guys and if you're wondering what we're looking at when we're doing this i put the pictures up on the screen and since i'm probably not going to put these up on the screen that means you're gonna have to start watching this damn show live this show might just turn into a straight up it'll be a live show like this all the time but i might only process it into a podcast because it would save three or five hours of my life every wednesday morning and i would rather go riding so super little mini super enduro that's right chris dabney um uh child exploitation there so here's here's what here's what i think uh one guy didn't write very much the other guy wrote too much and had uh, a lot of stuff and i couldn't figure out which one was which i know which bike was laying in the loamy minnesota dirt that looks like it could use some stuff i am claiming that Todd, with his Gas Gas 350EX with worn-out radiator graphics, is the winner because, I don't know, it just looks like the guy rides the shit out of this thing and he could use the 100 Taco Moto Bucks. So, Todd, get a hold of me, um, and we will get you all sorted out with that. Thank you for being a loyal supporter of the show and throwing your bike in. The, you know, Trail Tech makes a really good replacement kickstand for that motorcycle. So... You can do this. Yeah, John Buck believes Todd wins. Yeah, EX350 taking a nap. Look at that. The chat room agrees with me. Well, because they they know I'll kick them out if they they don't agree with me. That's where this show is going. Uh, Down the tubes, like myself here. Thank you for uh, a merch opportunity. (laughs) That's it. Hey, the only thing good about this show right now is I've solved the frame dropping issue, and it's actually recording itself, unlike a couple of the previous shows. So I got that stuff fixed, but there's a lot more uh, bookkeeping I need to do here. Thanks to uh, Scott Goggles, which I'm going to wear right now on the show just because I decided I wanted to. 
uh, and I got my headphones on, and I can't, but there, so I'm wearing goggles on the show now. Um, go and get a copy of Monkey Butt. Poor old Super Hunky bit the dust a few weeks back. Uh, they are going to try to sell some uh, more Monkey Butt books. I'm pretty sure that Rick, he probably has a shipping container of them someplace, knowing Rick. Uh, that guy's <laughs> roosting up in the sky right now, I'm sure. And uh, one on one other kind of a little sad note is my good friend Janie, her her little dog had to go to doggy heaven today. And uh, I'm sure that's hard on her. Janie was the bartender on the original episodes of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday when we used to do it at Romero's taco shop Ramiro's restaurant in Prump, Nevada and Janie is a really good friend of mine and I'm um, deeply saddened that her little barky dog is uh, no longer with us but um, Bella uh, roost up in the, the heavens and thank God I didn't run you over because I always worried about that because it was what we were doing so anyways um, with that um, I will uh, hopefully see you out in the trail. If you need to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me through Dirt Bike Test. And uh, going to be busy for the next few weeks, getting everything dialed in for them. Nor Mexican 1000. Uh, I got a f- bunch of bike testing stuff I need to get finished up and get sorted out as well. So I should be dropping some really interesting videos on the KTM 300, the Beta 300, and of course the awesome Yamahas that I've been riding as well. So with that, everybody. Um, we don't have any more questions nope monkey butt is a great book jimmy is in it for a chapter am i in i'm not in monkey butt i don't think i don't remember uh but i i am working on monkey butt too it's something that's uh i claim i'm gonna do so with that we will uh see you out in the trail everybody cheers if you liked what you saw in this video come check us out over at dirtbiketest.com on the webs We have bike tests, product tests, a lot of fresh dirt, and you can even support us by clicking through our links. Hopefully, we'll see you out in the trail.